worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Welcome to the latest episode of the It's Canon Podcast. It's midweek. That means we have our featured episode here on the It's Canon Podcast. I am your host, I am Boris, and as always, I am joined by Phil. Hey, 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 everybody. How you doing out there? I think and hope everyone is doing well, because I know I am doing very well, and we have an awesome show for everyone here on the It's Canon Podcast today. We will be talking all things Star Wars, all things Mandalorian, all things new sequels, trilogies, everything Star Wars. It's going to be a fun chat. So we're going to be joined by Joe from Brews and Blasters. It's a guest, just like Jim Zub, who we had on five years ago. And, you know, with so much change with Mandalorian Season 2 coming up, I thought, hey, this is the perfect time to bring him on back on the show to chat all things Star Wars. Yeah, you know what? And he, he's the thing is, I I don't know how many people out there uh, in our audience are listening to Brews and Blasters, but do yourself a favor, go over and click the subscribe button, check out some episodes, and uh, you know if you're a Star Wars fan, these guys know their stuff, and and it's not only they know the property so well, they they collect it they live the life like they they really do and and they're just regular guys you know what i mean like they're 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 not full-time paid professional star wars fans they're dedicated star wars fans and probably the best kind so for for me what i really enjoy about um um you know is the fact that they're actual fans you know they're fans they're not the angry mob of the internet um, they're fans who grew up with Star Wars, who enjoy Star Wars, who enjoy the properties, who you can have a real chat with and not, you know, they're not going to throw a pointless, um, you know, negativity your way. These are people who literally grew up and they, it seems like their adult lives have been shaped through Star Wars in some shape, way or form. And they have a little corner of the internet on a podcast where they t- chat about it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's probably key for me. Because I know myself, uh, being a Star Wars fan growing up, it was always something you kept to yourself or whatever. And and hearing podcasts like theirs, and speaking to Joseph, uh, it's just amazing that they enable you, they validate some of what you experience. And and obviously, we all go through this of a certain age, or you know, even the different generations. If you grew up watching the prequels, if you're growing up watching the sequel trilogy, whatever the situation is, Star Wars is going to be with you. Yep. And, you know, it, it's it's that major. And just like the other franchises, I don't want to disparage people who, who really dedicate themselves to Harry Potter or, or Lord of the Rings or anything else. 
But yeah, Star Wars was that turnkey for me, and it was obviously the turnkey for for the guys over at Brewers and Blasters. And you know, I love it. I I just love the talk, and it's so much fun with with Mandalorian dropping this week, uh, season two, episode one, on Friday, October the thirtieth. Uh, it's yeah, it's crazy time in Star Wars land. And here on the show, we're going to be talking all things Star Wars for the next little bit. You might get sick and tired of us talking all things Star Wars, but you know, with Mandalorian Season 2 coming out, this is the perfect time to really get our Star Wars angst out. Phil, yeah. shall, I, shall, I, shall I tell them? Shall I tell them what's coming up? Sure. Go for it, man. All right. So, because I'm shameless, because I talk to a lot of people, um, you know, I keep up to date on the Twitterverse, and I, I saw... I saw my shot and I shot it. (laughs) (laughs) And by that, I mean next week in our featured episode. So one week today, you will be able to hear another interview. And that's we are going to be interviewing Fearless Fred right here on the It's Canon podcast. For those of you who don't know Fearless Fred, he's a Toronto radio DJ who is not only a comic book writer, he is probably one of the biggest Star Wars fans, and he also has a podcast where he does a dramatic uh, plays of Star Wars, original stories, podcast form, radio form. Yeah. It's a really great podcast, and I'm super Mud excited. Mud79. And I'm super yeah. excited to have Fearless Fred on the show next week. Yeah, and you know what? I, I know... There was a time where Boris and I were chatting outside of the show, you know, just doing a regular thing. And I said to him one time, I said, you know what? My ideal podcast episode would be to have a beer and talk to you and Fearless Fred at the same time about Star Wars. And I genuinely meant it. And yeah, it means a lot to me that that Fred's taking the time to do this um, because I know I've been listening to his Mud 79 podcast slash novel. And just being blown away with it, I I think there's just so much to it. And yeah, it's going to be an exciting time. I'm looking forward to it very much. You know what the best part about that is, is the fact that I remember that conversation. And it was literally the night before we started recording this season of the It's Canon podcast. And that was literally six months almost to the day of when we will be interviewing Fred. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm really (laughs) looking forward to that. Um, This week, we also have someone coming on the show. Phil, tell our listeners who that is. Yeah. We're going to have Carl from Red Thread Brewery coming on. And he's a bit of a a Star Wars head as well. So I think we're going to do a little bit of a roundup in our news episode and have him spot in to do some commentary on on basically what we just all witnessed. And yeah. you know, that that's going to be a fun future uh, thing. I can't wait to be there and be talking about this with the great, with, the you know, Red Thread Brewery, man. It, it's they're, they're an awesome Ontario-based brewery, and they, they make some amazing beers. And, you know, the fact that they have, like, Carl, the guy who runs the company, is just so excited about Star Wars. Man, oh, man, just go throw him some money, please. Yes. <laughs> please do. Please, please do. So, yeah. So, like I mentioned, we're going to be doing a lot of Star Wars talks. One thing that I'm thinking about Sunday 
is kind of having an extra half hour, 45 minute chat after our news episode. And, you know, because I we're going to be spoiling all things Mandalorian episode, season two, episode one. So in order for those people who, you know, might want to watch it later and can catch up, we might just separate the feed. But the point is, we're going to be talking with awesome guests over the next few days. And right now we have an awesome guest lined up. And we are going to throw it down to that interview. It's Joe from Brews and Blasters. Enjoy. And we are joined by Joe from Brews and Blasters. It has been five years. Five years seems so long ago. President was different. This recent Star Wars trilogy wasn't even out. The Mandalorian was nothing but a dream in the eyes of the dreamer. That's right. Joe from Bruce and Blasters is joining us here right now. Hello, Joe. Hey, what's going on, Phil? What's going on, Boris? Thank you so much for having me back. Man, it has been quite a ride of a five years. Who, who knew we would be here in I... this in this universe? <laughs> Man, someone fucking went back in time, did something, sneezed on a butterfly or something, and fucked up the entire timeline. Shit, man. It, it, it was, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't want to say it was better before the sequel trilogy, because um, I liked it. I did. I really, really did. But if I could trade 2015 for 2020, I would I would definitely go for the, go for the 2015. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. What a, what a much simpler world it was. I had yeah. a lot less white hair. I had a lot <laughs> less pounds. I had a lot less anxiety. Ah, uh, reminiscing. Well, exactly. I remember remember when we were so excited for the Force Awakens and yeah, you know, it was like they can't get this wrong. Disney will get it right. <laughs> Let, yeah, let's let's do some hot takes. I I want I want to get you guys. I want to know like where we all stand. I think we all as when fans come together after a while. I feel like everyone needs to take account of where we are with the sequel trilogy. Right? It's yeah. almost like like twenty years ago. Like everyone you knew if you hadn't seen them, well, what'd you think of the prequels? Right? Like so we all kind of have to like have that that reckoning right now. Yes. So all right, guys. I want I want I want to. I'm I'm flipping the script here, and I'm 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 asking you guys, what you guys thought of uh the five movies that Disney put out. All right. Ooh, you see now you're lump. You, you see that's a tough question because you're lumping the two not trilogy movies. Yeah, just you know, bang bang bang. Let's 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 all go. Right, you let's know go. What? Let's let's movie let's, by movie. Let's movie by movie. Force Awakens. Two thumbs up. Cool. Bill. Oh, two thumbs up. Yeah, that that was exciting. That was... It's two of the highest. Yeah, I give, I give two thumbs up. Force Awakens was uh, was fantastic. All yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Last Jedi. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with two thumbs way the fuck down. Okay. Oh, uh, wasn't my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll give it one thumb because it's. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be better with it trying to be better with it yeah yeah i'm gonna give it one and a half i think it was i think it was like two when i got out of the theater but um i think the cohesion like i think the cohesion between one two and three is uh, not perfect you know it doesn't 
you know, there, there's something there. Even if you love the movie, and when I watch it, I like it as a standalone movie. But one, two, three, like moving as a cohesive trilogy, I don't think it binds perfectly. Yep. Um, so I, I give it a one point five. You know, one and a half thumbs up. Yeah, one and yeah. eh, you know. All right. Yeah. Rogue One, two thumbs way the fuck up. Yeah, that's like a three thumbs up right there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That sky was, high. Uh, I started watching it last night because I was just like, hell, man, this is such a solid movie. Yeah, so. totally. It was so that good. That one gets better with age. It really does. It, it really does. Yeah. Can't say enough, enough good things. Solo. I'm in the one thumb up, and I wish that... You know, with all these Snyder cuts and, you know, rumors of air cuts and where they're even fucking redoing Godfather 3, for Christ's sake, I would love to see a Lord and Miller solo cut. <laughs> they're redoing Godfather 3? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I can dig that. You know, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I used to... um. You know, I used to listen to Artie Lang on uh, the Stern Show years and years ago, like 20 years ago. And he used to always say that, um, you know, you watch the first two movies and Artie, obviously a, a drug addict, he would do coke off the third one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, it's just not the, it's the movie you didn't watch, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, I, I would, I can't wait for a Godfather 3. But Solo, hmm. Oh, oh no. I jumped right ahead of film. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, I'd probably give that one one and a half thumbs. All right. I honestly... I, my only criticism of that movie was that it just didn't need to be made. Yeah. But when I watch it now, I enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know why, but I, I just find that it's just, you know, I can get, I, the more I see it, the more I'm used to Alden yeah. being that character. The thing with Solo for me is that I feel like that was setting up so much outside of the Skywalkers. And for me, that's what I want right now. We're going to touch that yeah. a little bit. So, Joe... Solo, what, what would you, you give it? Yeah, I'm going to give that a two. I'm going to give that two thumbs up, man. Nice. I think that that, yeah. you know, that movie, I think that movie's going to age like a fine wine. It's a mm -hmm. standalone movie. I wish it was the start of something big, and that's the only knock. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a 1.8 for that, you know, yeah. because um, we're never going to see more from that sort of, like, era, that sort of style of movie. Yeah, you know what? We're going to jump into it right now. That's exactly, for me why i had so much ambition leaving that theater i had i was so happy my, the creative juices were flowing i was like yes this is exactly what i want because i am bored of the skywalkers i don't give a shit about the skywalkers anymore let's move <laughs> on this is why i love mandalorian so much this is why i love even video games that don't even go near the skywalkers and that's because i'm tired of them and we were finally able to see that seedy underbelly of the galaxy and it was just yeah. so cool to actually finally see that and we were finally to it, we were gonna finally see like how shit actually runs outside of the government control yeah yeah and you know what that the movie really got into the gangs and the that underbelly like you say and it, it, it left off on such a hopeful point as well to see a live action mall and yeah. get them out of the 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 clone wars cartoons and get you know, and rebels, and start exploring exactly what he's doing at the, in these timelines and these holes in 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 the Star Wars universe. Exactly. And that's yeah. I was excited for where they're going to go. I'm hopeful that they'll Disney Plus option it, right, and just make yeah. a season of Solo two. You know, yeah. oh, love that. Yeah, I mean the Crimson Dawn stuff. 
um, just the, the the gang he hooks up with with Woody Harrelson at the beginning. Yeah. It, it there was so much good from Soul. I really do think it's going to age well. The the score was fantastic. It was, mm-hmm. you know, people uh, people complain about the lighting. I I I kind of dug it. I thought yeah. it was something different. Um, that movie was pretty damn good the when inf- you really look back at it. Yeah, the unfortunate part, and I believe the reason why I got so much criticism, had nothing to do with the movie itself. It was the fact that it was released five months after The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it was a bonehead move. Why? Yep. Like, it was the stupidest thing ever. Why would you ever do that? Yep. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's not only poorly timed, but it was a poor reaction from the audience, too. Like, yeah. You have to realize, as, as disappointed as I was, I saw The Last Jedi in theaters, obviously, the night before it premiered, I saw it, and I'm like, okay, well, that just didn't feel like Star Wars, but maybe I'm off. I went to see it a few more times. I'm like, I, I got to wrestle with this. But then when Solo comes along, yeah, I'm buying my ticket for that because it, it's still Star Wars. And it really yeah. disappoints me when you look at what the Internet's done, because like even about the prequels, the prequels, the Internet wasn't really an influence in my life at that point. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't seeking validation through social media or anything. And I watch those movies and I was just excited to have Star Wars back. Even if, you know, oh, fans yeah. were complaining about it. I was I was completely locked away in my mind. Like Star Wars is back. George is back. Who cares? Like, you know, that's exactly. it. And that's the way you got to treat this stuff from Disney, too. Like, you just got to eat up whatever chance you can get yeah. at Star Wars. Yeah. I really do think I was like, I feel like there was a, there was a bit of fatigue with solo. It was like, we looked at, um, uh, uh, we had a cult, we have a crew. We've been going to the, the Star Wars movies together for like the past couple of years for each release. And we get to solo. We meet up with each other in front of the movie. They were like, well, back again, I guess. And we're like, okay, I guess, you know, it it almost became, it felt too routine Mm -hmm. to put it out five months after. It felt like it didn't feel special. Um, it was just another movie. Well, that and was the thing about Star Wars. Their release schedule of every two, three years was perfect, right? Every three years, sorry. Yeah. And it felt special. Like, you know, especially the even the prequel trilogy, <laughs> for me, you know, it, it came out in certain points of my life where it was just like, I'll never forget those movies, no matter how quote-unquote bad they are now or good they were or whatever you want to say about them, you know, they just, the timing of them was perfect. But once Disney took over and they went to this yearly release and then they decided this craziness of, you know, just to appease someone with, you know, it, uh, that going back to that May release, um, it just kind of shit hit the fan and it just didn't feel special. It didn't feel like, yeah. it didn't feel right anymore. Like it just, it just felt like, I'm going to the theater to watch Star Wars because it's Star Wars, not because I absolutely want to or need to. Yep, exactly, exactly. They thought they could they they could treat it like Marvel, not knowing yeah. that Marvel had become like if if Star Wars was like the the game changer for like the 70s and 80s, Marvel was the game changer for you know the the 2000s 2010s. Yep, right. Mm-hmm. And they thought that. They could just treat them the same, and you just can't. You, can't. you just can't do that. Um, Star Wars needs to be a special thing. It needs to be nurtured. It needs to build hype. Yep. It needs to be, you know, very unique every time it comes out. And it's it's not just a movie. It's an it's a cultural event. Yep. And they didn't treat it like yep. that. Yeah. Yep. They didn't respect the properties at the end of the day, right? Like they yeah. took advantage of the audience. They took advantage of us nerds who are going to go no matter what. And it yep. kind of backfired. 
Yeah. And All then right. we get the last Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking the rise of, which, of skywalker rise of skywalker rise of yeah. skywalker all right so that one just because it was the end i did enjoy myself um when i watched that the first time i was still drunk from the night before so i'm gonna give it two <laughs> thumbs up all right i gotta give it one and a half i i think originally when i came out of that theater if you asked me i would have been like two thumbs up just because it's over and it it's finally closed like, I, it's just like I just wanted pain to end, but I also enjoyed it. It was fast paced. It was fun. But the more I go back and watch it, the more I see the fragmentation that Joseph brought up between yep. <laughs> The Last Jedi and whatnot. It starts fast, to hurt me. Fast paced. Fast paced. Uh, you know, like a Porsche is fast paced. This thing was like the, the Concorde, it was like a supersonic jet. Yep. It, it, like, I walked out of that theater like, I would say at one and a half, and I think I'm I'm pretty much at one and a half for this one. And I'm like, you know, what the hell just happened? It was like so much, you know. It was a it was a roller coaster ride. Yeah, it was like, a great movie to watch in theaters. Right and after the good. crawl, right after the crawl, it's like boom, 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 and then it's like, yeah. oh, Palpatine's back, boom, 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 boom. It's like, oh, yeah. now they're you know conveniently finding temples and all this and that. So yeah. It's, they it, smashed so much. They yeah. smashed two movies yeah. into one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's um, Boris texted me right after, and he's like, "How was it? How was it?" And I'm like, "It was two movies in one." Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really was. Um, you know, but it but it's a fun movie. It's a good movie. It it ended it ended well. I I didn't like I didn't have the tears in my eyes like I did when uh, I saw the end of of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, you know, I, it wasn't wasn't that, but it's. It's an ending. It's it's an ending. It's you know, an it's, ending. It's, yeah. Um. Yeah. I kind of I kind of always had this idea that like this whole era was kind of a sunset. It felt if 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 the prequels are a morning and the original trilogy is like the 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 bright light of noon, this this entire era felt like a sunset yep. to me. It, it all just felt like an old 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 story, an old 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 world. You know, this is everything that happened after what come. This is what comes after. And it's not going to end on a peak. It's going to end, you know, gently kind of settling, settling to to rest. So like Godfather (laughs) three. Never made it through. So I don't even know. (laughs) There you go. I've never made it through. Wow. I'm just trying to conceive of how that Concord just stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For a fast-paced movie, it does end, you know, in a – it ends in a satisfying way, but at the same time, it doesn't end in a triumphant way. Yeah. Yeah. It's – it was a conflicting ending, but I enjoyed it for what it was. I, I definitely thought there was respect given. Yes. Yes. You know, and that's – I think that that's one of the things as a Star Wars fan, I, I know from listening to you guys on your show – um, you're obviously of the same age age group as myself and yeah. how much the original trilogy and the toys and the collectibles just really influenced us as kids and how much we thought of Star Wars all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it, it oh, just, yeah. you know, Star Wars sheets, whatever, going. I remember seeing, I think, Return of the Jedi. My parents would just go shopping and drop me off at the movie theater and I saw it, I think, 26 times in the theater. That's oh all I gosh. wanted to see. I was just like, I want to go see Return of the Jedi again. Like, that's it. Lucky dude. 
That's awesome. Are, 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 are you the youngest <laughs> child? Yeah, my parents just oh, want okay. to get there. All right. Like, just, just, just wondering. Just cause... go away. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what happened when they left, dropped you off at the theater? Yeah. And, awesome. Well, we had to travel to that mall, too. It wasn't the local mall because there's only one mall with a movie theater in it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. That's awesome. All right. So one thing that, you know, that I wanted to talk about, and it's something that has come up already in this conversation, and that's that disjointed feel of this new trilogy um back in 2015 which feels like a lifetime ago because it probably was a lifetime ago um you know we we were talking about you know what they were planning to do with this trilogy uh back then the information that we had was that jj abrams was gonna man um this trilogy whether he was gonna be directing all three movies or not we didn't know but you know the way that disney communicated things to to people the way that the rumors were coming out was that you thought that jj abrams had a coherent story for the three movies and that was going to kind of be the arc that they were going to tell you know come ryan johnson with the last jedi it seemed kind of and and i know that this is where creative differences and you know the war of the directors really took over but it seemed like they kind of went topsy-turvy it seems like ryan johnson went completely rogue for lack of a better word, and decided to do his own thing. Because once Ryan Johnson got the boot and J.J. Abrams came back for a rise of the Skywalker, I feel like they tried to essentially undo everything that Ryan Johnson did. And I felt that Rise of the Skywalker was more of a sequel to Force Awakens than anything else. Yeah. Um, so I agree with some of that, uh, I have to say. So let me, let me, let me take a step back. Um, so you get JJ, you have the announcement. Okay. You had JJ Abrams is going to be leading this trilogy and George Lucas is going to provide, um, consulting, right. He's going to be on there and that, that didn't happen. They, they screwed over George. Like let's big time, you know, big call time. it what it is. They, they totally screwed him out, screwed him over with that. Yep. So he walked away. Um, J.J. Abrams produces his movie very separately from Lucasfilm. Um, Bad Robot definitely took center stage there. And um, I think that Lucasfilm as an entity was not as meaningful in a lot of a lot of it. Um, but, you know, it worked out. You know, people, uh, there wasn't like this Bad Robot. There was a little bit of maybe of a rivalry, but it wasn't like contentious. Yeah. Okay. Um the plan was at that point for another director to direct. Um, the, the, you know, JJ Abrams wasn't fired. It was, you know, the, uh, they were going to have different directors. They were all going to be auteurs. They were basically just trying to replicate what George, George did, did with the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, we'll get all these young and upcoming auteurs. We'll try to bring out the spark. They're manufacturing something that maybe wasn't, that was natural in the eighties, but isn't natural now. Cause you don't really have many auteurs making big blockbuster movies. Yeah. So you get Ryan Johnson. Um, who I think made a fine film, and have you guys seen Knives Out? Yes. Oh yeah. We talk about that all the time. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Ryan Johnson yeah. is awesome when given yeah. his own story, his own characters. You know that movie just goes to show you like how good of a director he actually is. And they gave him they gave him Star Wars and said go go crazy with it. Yeah. And I think he made a great story. He really did. I yeah. think he put together a great movie. Um. But there was no, <coughs> sorry, there was no, um, 
real dialogue between, okay, we have the first movie. Here's what the idea for the second movie is. Here's what the idea for the third movie is. And here's how it comes together. There was no real plan for that from the get-go, from Jump Street. You know, he didn't really, I don't think he went rogue. I think he was doing exactly what they wanted him to do. And he delivered a movie that they loved. Um, they He delivered a movie a lot of people love and some people don't. Um, you know, that's that's kind of how it went down. So, and then he was like, all right, I'm done with my movie. Here we go with um, uh, Colin Trevorrow. Make your third yeah. movie. And, uh, you know, he wrote a, a wild script. <laughs> it was absolutely wild. I think some good, some bad. And uh, they fired him. They fired, a, you know, Lucasfilm fired a lot of people in the past five years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that once you start firing that many people, it might be not be a reflection on the people who are fired all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that that many people got fired. Um, but then you have, so they bring in, um, they bring back JJ Abrams, right? So JJ Abrams knows what happened with, uh, the second movie. He knows what happened in the first movie. He also knows, um, what people are screaming all over the internet. And so now he has a mandate, right? He has a mandate to quote unquote, save the trilogy. Yeah. Um, so what does he do? He reverts back to his ideas. Cause what else does he have? Um, I think he picks up. Here's the thing too, with the, the last Jedi, the last Jedi had a very finite end for a middle movie. <laughs> you know, it wasn't Luke and Leia standing on in the med bay, watching the, the rebel Alliance regroup. Exactly. It was room boy. Like it was literally the next generation is ready to fight. It's like, whoa, yeah. okay. Like for two for, for, for almost two years, I was like, okay, so is it gonna like bump ahead like 10 years? What's gonna happen next, right? Like how long are they gonna wait? No, it's a year. What? It was a year between Broom Boy and the opening of the Rise of Skywalker. What the hell? Like I I I think, you know, it was such a finite ending there. You I think Ryan Johnson expected a jump. I don't know. I I just don't know. Um, so I think, yeah. Uh, so I think that he had a very finite ending with no idea of how the story was going to resolve. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So they, they 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 he was like, okay, delivered my movie. Here's an end. Um, here's my my one capsule movie, and uh, you know, hand it off to Colin. It's a it, it's a weird relay race of um of of a trilogy in that way yeah but uh, i think everyone tried their best and i i think that generally i think it you know it's it's good i think it's good Mm. i don't think it's it's you know i I think original it (laughs) It wasn't wasn't to the point of the originals yeah i i just think it could have been i think there are there are missed opportunities within that that sequel trilogy even though i love them even though i'm gonna watch them 500 times i i think that i i don't know i think that there there were missed opportunities yeah, and that's the thing, like, you know, but here we are, we're, we're just fanboys, talking fanboy mm-hmm. things, wishing, you know, what could have been, what should have been, you know, but the reality of the situation is that we were not asked to direct or write, so here we are, <laughs> just fantasizing in our little podcast in the corner of the universe. <laughs> truth, truth, truth. So, yeah, no, but. So going back to, like, yeah, so, like, everyone was given their opportunity, everyone kind of delivered their own thing, but there was still this kind of, like, this this mis- mishmash of storytelling that was kind of, like, I felt, personally, that it just, like you said, not only missed opportunities, but kind of, like, the, 
no one ever tried to kind of fill what was in the middle kind of thing. And not that, you know, not even, not even, I'm not even talking time-wise, because the jump between movie is like, you know, the entire trilogy takes place in, what, a year and a half, two years, max? Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, it's not like the original trilogy, clearly not like the prequel trilogy, but I just felt like there was so much that could have happened in between, and no one took any opportunity to kind of explain things or expand on all the, the world that they were building especially ryan johnson that's one thing that i am going to give about the last jedi is that the expanded actual world that ryan johnson was trying to build regardless of whether you th- of what you thought of some of those scenes ryan johnson took a huge risk and yeah. he was actually trying to expand the actual world within star wars which is something that i cannot not praise because literally here I am saying I'm done with the Skywalkers. I want to see what else is going on. So how can I not like that? Right. Phil, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I, I, I do have, you know, I have admiration for, for what last Jedi did in the sense that it did challenge things, right? It's, it's one of the things we didn't really question when we're watching opening of empire strikes back and luke uses the force to grab the lightsaber right before the wampa attacks him we didn't know that the force could do that and we didn't go screaming to our corners of the internet saying that's not canon you know what i mean it was george was like okay this is what the jedi do now you know like they can control just like vader can choke a guy you know or whatever we can start playing around with this this fictional force or this this energy right so Ryan tried to do stuff like that. And at first I was like on my cannon horse where I'm like, well, that's not cannon. And he took it from a book. That's a legends. And, and (laughs) you know, he missed it. And then I thought, why am I denying myself the opportunity to enjoy this? And that was my, that was my change moment for letting up on the last Jedi. Cause I'm like, I don't want to just be stuck in chat rooms or on podcasts or whatever, arguing with people. I want, to celebrate the fact that we all recognize this franchise, this series of movies, and realize that we can celebrate it together and not have to be all the, not to have all this internet troll hate and things like that. Like, sure, I wish there was more cohesion. Sure, I wish that they had mapped out a more, uh, a bigger arc that each director could take their piece of the pie and decide how they wanted to eat it. Right. Yeah. And, and if, if Ryan wasn't up for that, if he was going to be told, well, you have to end it here, how you get there is up to you, you know, but you have to end it here because the baton has to go to the next guy to be able to do this. And he goes, I'm not game. I don't like that. I, I really want to kill Snoke. I really want to do this. Then it's like, okay, sorry, but you're not a fit. You know, <laughs> we need a guy to do this job. All right. And this is the job. And if the guy can't do it, then you got to move on and get someone else. Like yeah. Yeah. Disney have the capability. That's the way I, called, I see it. I called, I called Snoke dying. I called it months before. Yeah. I called it months before it happened. Um, uh, we were just podcasting one and I go, oh, what if they kill Snoke? What if they do? That would be so wild. It's like nothing you'll see coming. And then all of a sudden it happened and blew my mind. Yeah. I also, I also had been saying since 2015, that Ray was a clone. But you know it, that kind of turned out right. She's clonish. Yeah. Clonish. Yep. <laughs> she's clonish. She she's half clone. Half clone. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm like, well, that's uh, that's that was an interesting one. So, I uh, I feel good about my my way my ability to predict Star Wars a little bit. 
But um, you know, it's so funny. Um, it's so funny that the edges of the map in a lot of Star Wars never get explored. I really, the way the Rise of Skywalker ended, dude. I want to see yes. what happens now. What like is yeah. Ray gonna build a whole new Jedi Order? That's the that's a story I want to know. Yeah, they better make something. They better do something with that. I don't want like that to be the. It's not the end of the timeline. We know what goes on. We know that things keep on moving forward. So tell that story. Tell more. I yeah. want more. I want more story to know what happens there. And for me, um, I want to explore that. But like, it doesn't need to be the Skywalkers. You know, it just needs to be yeah. anyone, anyone living in this world. Like, hey, there's this chick who's rebuilding the the, <laughs> the Jedi's. Or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I want. I just, I just want more explanation. I want to see more, um, more CD bars, right? <laughs> I want to see Maz Kanata's castle, yep. you know, instead of like more, more than one second of it. I want to know more about that whole scene. I want to go back there and, uh, you know, see what's going on. I want to know what's up with the basement. How the how the Skywalker how the uh, Skywalker sword yeah. get down there? Exactly. Uh, I, I I want these stories, and um, there's just so much left in the in in the middle there. Um, you know, there's, there's so much of that. What, what's up with the, you know, Octo, who's that dude in the pool at the top of the temple Oh yeah. that looks like, you know, like, what's that about? Tell me more about the first Jedi, you know? Um, maybe we'll learn more about that in the, uh, the high Republic, uh, when that comes out, you know, Uh, we have so much stuff too. Like I know yourself, you listen to the audio books and you consume the the media. Now I've taken a break. But I know that for a while there, I was I heard you talking about it like you have three books on the go, and I'm Dude, like, I, yeah, that's normally me too. Like, I have a, I have yeah. such a backlog right now. I probably have five books I still need to read. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> yeah, there's there's quite this year they released so many books all at once. It's it's absolutely ridiculous how many books they released within the span of like like maybe five months. I've lost um, I've lost count. I'm like I'm just so behind right now that I'm just like. Mm. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to go. So I think this is going to be my next question posed to Phil and Joe. If I had to choose three books out of all the books that have come out, which three would you choose? Phil, you can go first. Anything Claudia Gray. Okay, there you go. (laughs) I'm just going to say Lost Stars. If you haven't done Lost Stars yet, that one is 110% yes for me. Lost Stars is great. Yeah. Um, Bloodline was fan fantastic. Yeah. Uh sequel trilogy era. Um absolutely. I'm trying to pull up my Audible right now. It's sometimes it's giving me uh giving me crap right now, but I'm I'm trying to pull it up. Come on. We can um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, hold on. Well, he, he's choosing Claudia Gray novels here. <laughs> Cuz Bloodline's hers too. Yeah, yeah, Bloodline was. That was. That's true. It, it, yeah. it, she she has done some fantastic stuff. Um Tarkin, James Luciano's Tarkin oh, yeah. was unbelievable. Um, it's an earlier one in the uh, the new canon, but it was fantastic. Yep. Um, let's see. You can even do those Rogue One prequels. Those were excellent too. About they about really uh, were. those were yeah. like I thought that they really complimented Rogue One because I was in such a binge of Star Wars at that point. I picked up those books. And I read yeah. them and I'm just like, I walked in and I was completely up to speed. So when the criticism came out that the movie jumped too much at the beginning, I'm like, what are you talking about? It's fine. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> don't you know all these guys? Like, you know, 
Catalyst yeah. was Catalyst was fantastic. Catalyst, yeah. And um and then then yeah, um Rebel Rising was okay. I, I dug I dug Rebel Rising, but um I actually read it a while later. Um and I was like, oh, this actually was pretty good. It actually was pretty good. I'll tell you the one not to read ever, don't ever read it, is uh Canto Bite. Oh. Um it was maybe the most garbage Star Wars novel I've ever read in my life. Wow. I had to put uh, that one down and I had to put down the Phasma one. I didn't the Phasma one's like a good C plus. It was it was all right, you know. Um it was tough for me. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was all right. Uh Captain Cardinal was a cool character. Um but you know, I think Phasma was just a I I I had big hopes for Phasma as a me character. Too. And I think yeah. that's what I really think of. I look at Phasma and I'm like, oh, could have been better. Um, required reading, Master and Apprentice for me. Mm-hmm. I think Master and Apprentice was one of the highlights. That's, again, another Claudia Gray. Claudia um, Gray. Yeah. Um, and then this is actually um, an audio drama, Dooku Jedi Lost. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Yes. I haven't done yeah. that one. Um, yeah. Oh. Oh, it's it's great. It's absolutely great. Uh, also, it ties all. It it kind of ties along with Master and Apprentice. Um, there's one character that that crosses over, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. And we Let's got see. that new book coming out November 10th, the uh, Empire Strikes Back, the um, the retrospective one with all the short stories. You guys were talking about it oh, from, from another f- point of view. Yeah. We from had Jim Zub yeah. on our show the other week, and he writes the Yoda story. Who is that? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Jim's up. Oh, yeah, so, cool. Yeah, so we, we interviewed him a couple weeks ago, and he does the Yoda story. So, awesome. yeah, I'm, I'm really amped to, to get my eyeballs on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Whether he knows uh, it or not, I'm going to, like, knock on his door and say, hey, can you sign this for me? He's <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I'll get my book delivered to you. <laughs> Bill, did you read the Alphabet Squadron books? You know what's funny? I have them on audio. I mm-hmm. picked up the first one and I had a free credit, you know, my credit came in on audible and I looked at it and I went, holy crap, there's a sequel. So I just bought it. <laughs> I haven't listened to either of them, but I figured that that was, that surprised me how quickly the sequel came out, but it was like I'm hoping later. it's good. It's pretty oh. decent. It's, it's a different type of novel. Um, I think you either like it or you hate it. Um, I think it's a, you know, probably a, a solid B, B plus. Okay. Um, it, it's it they're they're pretty good, um and that's kind of where I stick the the Thrawn books as well because I yeah. don't think the the Thrawn books could almost not even be Star Wars if you just change yeah. a few things, um the Thrawn books are barely Star Wars at this point they're just they're, they're like they're they're a universe within a universe but it's cool I mean I dig it I don't I'm not yeah, gonna I'm okay with it with Thrawn I, I I think the problem that I have is that you know back in the 90s when Timothy started writing the heir to the Empire books. Mm-hmm. that was hook, line, and sinker for me. You know, totally. like, I just lost my mind that it was so well-written and the characters were so exciting to me and the and the continuation of the story, right? Like, all that stuff, was it was as good as being in the movie theater for me. And then I was really amped about it, you know, especially after seeing what they'd done with Thrawn and Rebels and, and things like that, where I'm like, holy crap, you know, like, they managed to fit this guy in it's great to have this new canon. It's fantastic to to experience a character. And I just felt like these Timothy Zahn books just kind of felt a little flat to me. They weren't. He really loves Zahn. I mean, he really loves Thrawn. He loves yeah. him too much. 
You know, yeah. there's a saying, kill your darlings a little bit when it comes to writing. Um, he, he, not that he has to kill Thrawn, but he has to maybe put him through the paces a little bit. But yeah. Thrawn is just a fantastic, like everything he does is fantastic and perfect in these books. And it's like, yeah. ugh, you know, give me a little more. Um, yeah. You know, I, I yeah, like, that was bothering like, me in the last one. Like, yeah. He does, never makes a mistake. Everything never, is calculated from like the first moment you read, put eyes on the page. Thrawn's yeah, thinking, like, oh, I know the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, all right, all right, settle down, settle down a little bit. Um, they're all, they're, they're, they're decent books, they're good reads, but you know, they're not going to make my top 10. Yeah. Yeah. I would right. So here's a question. So out of all of the books that you've read um, now and everything that was now, you know, Legacy, the old canon, what do you miss that old canon? Like, are there certain elements that you wish that they brought over? Kind of like, what's your feeling there in terms of, you know, what has happened versus what we're getting right now? Um, I was never a huge EU person. Um, I because it wasn't canon, I did not like it. I was always big, not into something being canon or not canon, but I wanted a cohesive story. And if George was telling me that that's not part of the story, then I don't have no, I have no reason to read it. You know, that's yeah. kind of how I felt. Um, I really kind of needed someone to say, Hey, this is like, you know, George approves this for yeah. me to dig it. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just say this. Um, the one I really did like um, was, uh, the Death Plagueis novel, and I think everyone will say that. That's, that's everyone, not a, yeah. That's not a, yeah, yeah. That's that's not a really uh, crazy uh, opinion there. Darth Plagueis novel was unreal. It was it was so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't know why that's not canon right now. Like honestly, yeah, yeah. I mean, I they could. I feel like they should revise it. I, I yeah. really do. I think that if they could revise it and bring it into canon, uh, give us a V two on that because there's so much cool stuff in that in that book. Um, I would love to see another James Luciano take another shot at Plagueis. And mm -hmm. uh, just give us something wild, you know? Yeah. Because oh, it it was it was great. That's the one thing I do miss. Yeah, um, Joe. Joe, I'm in, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm very much like if it wasn't canon, I kind of didn't really care too much about it. Even the comic books, like the Dark Horse comics, some of them were good, some of them were eh. But at the end of the day, I just didn't care about them too much because it wasn't quote unquote canon. Call me a snob. Call me whatever. It just you know I just had a different enjoyment. If something is in canon versus something not being in canon. I'm the same way with like um, a lot of, you know, mainline DC books. I'm, you know, if it's not technically in canon, I'm not going to really care too much about it. So that's kind of how I treat my Star Wars and all of my franchises in general. Yeah. But where are we now, right? Um, so we have uh, six years going into this new canon. Yep. And we're kind of at this weird point where um, the the movies and the uh, don't really care about what the books are doing and the comics don't really talk to the books. And it seems to be very fractured and it doesn't really the idea of one coherent story or um, th there seems to be it seems to be fracturing a little bit. Yep. Um, I, I, I don't know if the the idea and the promise of 2014 on everything is canon is really going to hold up much longer uh I, I don't know so you know i think at this point we, we just take take what we get and like what we like and i guess we'll figure it out later um because they could reboot it again 
you know, I think that's kind of where we are. I am hopeful. Like, like some of the stuff that you, you see now, uh, you know, the rogue, the, the squadrons game, Hera's in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ray Sloan's in it. The, the stuff that makes me hopeful, right? Like, like at least you're respecting some of your other properties. Maybe your comics don't always make it through, uh, things like that. But I know that you're paying attention to the cartoons. I know that you're paying attention to maybe some of the major character, uh, reactions in novels. So it's good to see that coming forward. And I, yeah. I know I asked Jim Zub about that whole process with working with Lucasfilm. And, you know, here's a guy who's done work for Marvel Avengers and things like that. And here he is doing the Skywalker or the Lucasfilm stuff. And he's like, it's very much a different process. He, mm. was, he was mentioning that basically three people would review the work. And sometimes they worked out their own questions. Like one person would say, well, can Yoda say this because of this timeline conflict or something? And then someone else will write in, oh, yeah, you can say that because of this, you know. So he yeah. said that just rereading the notes about what each person would put on to make it okay for stuff to be canon. That offered a little more organization insight. And uh, it is complicated, right? You can't have Pablo mm-hmm. Hidalgo or Dave Filoni overseeing everything, right? It, it's sure, it's sure. just impossible. And Oh, yeah. You know, it's ambitious to sit there and say, oh, everything's canon now from this point on. I'm reading it and I'm like, I'm frustrated by certain character choices or differences in in the creative way that Ryan Johnson decides that he wants to interpret a character versus the way the book, you know, sold me on them, that type of thing. I found that there was a lot of conflict with, um, with the Admiral, the purple hair, Laura Dern. I forget her name now in the movie. But, you <laughs> know, Haldo. Yeah. Haldo. So I found that that was a little bit jarring, but it's a tough thing. I got to give them a break on that. And I'm hopeful they stick to it, but I agree with you. It's yeah. going to be hard. Here's what they did. Right. Um, this High Republic initiative, I am very excited for. Yes. You want to know why? They got people in a room for two weeks and they hashed out a timeline. They hashed out an idea. They build a, They built a solid foundation for a whole era of Star Wars. And now you can go forth and build and create so many different stories. They'll all be interconnected. They'll all kind of have the same foundation. Instead of moving, jumping from one to two to three, four, and each one is kind mm-hmm. of, you know, on their own you know, little island trying to connect, trying to build bridges to each other instead of all coming up together. Um, and I think that they're, that's a that's a big difference. You know what I mean? That is. It, it means they learn yeah. from the sequel trilogy. That's exactly <laughs> that it. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, let's meet. <laughs> yeah. And it's taking place in an era of Star Wars that has never really been touched, um, you know, in the mainstream, in canon. So for... Yeah. For us to finally get a glimpse of this and kind of see the the seeds of how everything came about and how we ended up where we are, I'm super excited for that. And just like you, like that is the thing that makes me the most excited is the fact that people worked together in a writer's room, in a war room type scenario and hashed things out. And, you know, hopefully now, you know, with the, this interconnectivity of these various authors and various um mediums will be able to get an awesome story from beginning to end yeah yeah and even if it's not like you know like a crossover one to two you know told in chapters at least it'll all have the same foundation yeah and it doesn't sound feel different in tone it doesn't feel like well this doesn't feel you know it'll just all kind of have the same same idea behind it the same momentum the same um the same foundation like i said um 
instead of everyone kind of in their own corner trying to trying to figure out how to how to smash everything in. Yeah. You know, it's like when when you have the Lego pieces that don't, you know, you have the knockoff Lego pieces and the real Lego pieces, and you're just trying to smash them all together. Not that one's not a story to be knockoff, but you have two different sets of these blocks. You're trying yeah. to smash them all together, and you know they sometimes they fit and sometimes they don't, but you you make it work. Yeah, we what don't do want you, that. What do you think about? I, I guess I'm I'm drawing some optimism too with the leaks around season two of the Mandalorian here coming oh. up, and just hearing that you know Ahsoka Tano, just hearing that possibly Sabine Wren, just hearing that possibly Cad from the the the. Timothy Oliphant will be will be, have Boba Fett's armor from the aftermath series books, right? Bring, like bring it on, you like know. That's the it. the next level that I've been dying for as a fan <laughs> is to actually yeah. say, "Hey, look, you want to know more about this? Go read these books." Like, what are you yeah. doing? You know? Yeah, totally. Um, th- I think that the Mandalorian is the future uh, of Star Wars, one hundred percent. I think that what Favreau and Filoni are doing is they just got it right. They got it right. It took them uh, a, a couple of years to really find footing, and the tone is right. How they approach Star Wars is right. It just all feels right. Um, so I really hope that season two of The Mandalorian brings about a situation where you can spin off a whole bunch of different stories from it, too, and we can follow multiple different different series in Star Wars. That would be so cool. And that seems to be what we're getting because, you know, um, if all the rumors are true and, uh, you know, obviously they're not, but if (laughs) some rumors have more, um, you know, um, credibility than others, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it just sounds like that's exactly what this is going to be. It sounds like season two of The Mandalorian is kind of be that kickoff point for a lot of the Disney Plus series, right? Like, there's a lot of rumors in terms of whom... And who's going to get their own series? Who's going to get their own spinoffs? And it just sounds like a lot of this kind of centers on Mandalorian Season 2, which I am just super, super excited for. And the fact that we're getting a 52-minute episode in a couple days, I'm just like, I'm giddy. I'm so wow. fucking giddy. <laughs> it's going to be great. I can't wait. Yeah. I really can't. Um, it, it, it was just the best. Uh, I can never say no to a Mandalorian. You know, like when, when it comes to the figures and collecting... Uh, Man, it's it's hard. Mr. It's hard prototype. No. Oh yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, if they, if they have a prototype Boba Fett on screen somehow, if they have like just a white armor Boba Fett on screen, I'm done. That's it. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You know what? It's kind of funny because Joseph and I were talking before the, before we started recording, and I have behind me a prototype helmet. And I know I listened to jo- Joseph's episode on his prototype helmet, and he noticed everything exactly the same way that I did. Like, <laughs> hey, they just painted over the other helmet, right? Because I've got the other helmet here. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they replaced the dome, though, because there's actually a dent in the yeah. real Boba Fett helmet. And the prototype is, is like this light-absorbent white. It's hilarious. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't look too hard, it looks fantastic. Yeah. It's great to wear, too, you know? It, yeah, yeah. Actually, you can actually see like where they paint, like where there's supposed to be like wear, and the the paint app is supposed to be like all weathered. But it's a prototype. It's a prototype helmet. It's not supposed to have any weathering. But if you really put your hand next to it, you can really feel like a fine grain leather. You know, like white <laughs> I leather. It. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. No, no it's just yes. Yeah, so in terms of Mandalorian, like it's been a year since season one debuted, just about a year with Disney Plus, and you know that is. 100% the reason why I got Disney Plus. It was for Mandalorian. It wasn't for mm-hmm. anything else. Um, you know, and it was to 
finish watching Clone Wars and things like that. So, you know, I was just, it was for Star Wars, the Star Wars uh, streaming service. Oh, that season was awesome. Those last few scenes, tear. Um, (laughs) We'll talk about that in a second. Um, But, you know, in terms of Mandalorian season one, it's funny because, like, with Star Wars, I don't get like this with any other franchise, but with Star Wars, knowing that Mandalorian was on and I'm enjoying the shit out of it, I'm eating every second up, you know, we get the, 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 the child, we get everything, and I'm just loving every second of it, but for some reason, in my mind, in my geek mind, I'm like, what do other people think of this? Like, what is the internet saying about this? Like, for some reason, I actually give a shit what other people think and not what I think alone. Oh, I don't know whether you it's... Gotta, be- you can't. Yeah, you, you, you have to unplug. I know. Take a, take, yeah, take a social media vacation. Oh, I know. Because uh, I don't care what anyone thinks. Yeah, you see, <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, I yeah. don't, really. I really yeah. don't. But it's like, for some reason, that's something that's always going through the back of my mind. And then seeing the overall positive reviews, I'm like, finally, there we go. There you go, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy. You did something right. You can wear your we Star Wars shirt with pride today. Exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, you know, if, if you know, you, we gotta, we have to lead, right? We have to lead with our opinions, and we have to lead with our, our excitement, too. So regardless of there's always going to be people out there trying to bash and trying to say it really loud. Yeah. So you just, uh, you just have to lead the charge. I'll tell you one thing. Um, my in-laws hate star Wars. Absolutely. They've my, my, my mother and father-in-law actually went to go see it and walked out, um, in 1977. Only people I think I ever did that. Um, but my brother-in-law just grew up in a house where star Wars wasn't a thing. He'd never liked it. Thought the movies were dumb. Uh, he watched the Mandalorian. Boom, he's in. He's in. Nice. He loved the man. He loved the entire series. He actually came on Bruising Blasters to do a uh, a commentary with us for for one episode. Nice. Um, it was fantastic. Yeah, I'm like, this this show has something that pulls in yeah. people that that have you know for for 43 years have not even paid attention, and it really has something that's that's more exciting than Star Wars has been in a long, long time. And what yeah, is it? What do sure. you think it is? Like, can you? Is there anything that you can pinpoint about it? Um, I personally think I know what it is, but I want to hear your opinion first, Joe. There's a vibe, right? There's just a vibe that is at once modern, but at the same time not. Um, there's a there's a feel to it that feels a bit retro in all the right ways. It feels just a bit real in all the right ways. It feels I, I don't know. Um, that the aliens are just right. They got the aliens right. They have the special effects right. It just feels gritty in all the right ways. The music is fantastic. Um, they they got a baby Yoda. Like when I first saw that thing, I'm like, oh here we go. They finally did it. They finally opened up the book, and we're gonna start talking about Yoda, the thing I've been waiting for pretty much my entire life. We're gonna learn more about Yoda species. Here we go. Um, I, I, it just it just has a the right chemistry. Yeah. Phil, yeah. what do you think? What do you think it is about the Mandalorian that just like, like just captivates us? I, I I think speaking for a Star Wars fan, I think Joe got part of the Star Wars stuff right and part of the casual stuff right. Right, mm. where somebody goes in, they see the Baby Yoda, like that's where my niece goes. Oh my gosh, I have to watch this. Right, like just the the mass hysteria around that and the energy yeah. that that came with it just forced people and then you get the memes and everything like that. <laughs> but I mean, <clears throat> for a star Wars fan, I think it was stuff like 
seeing, you know, I know it's IG-11, but IG-88 actually live animated. Learns. Yeah. Uh, just going back to worlds, new or old, and seeing them, like, I was getting legit thrills out of, oh, those were the speeder bikes from episode three. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. on Tatooine. And, and just all those details. And then when you hear the Spurs, you're like, is that Boba Fett? You know, that's the only guy. And it's all the stuff that you know as a Star Wars guy or a Star Wars fan. And it's being put to the test, right? Yeah. Like, you've got two guys who know this franchise so well. And they know what they're doing to the audience. And you let yourself experience it as that little kid again, right? It's like mm-hmm. you actually have that oh my gosh, this is this is actually making me feel something because it's nostalgic, but it's also meaningful. Yeah, the, ma- the magic really f- feels like it's new again. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, like yeah. I've always complained, like I hate when people complain about Star Wars has some bad decisions in it or, you know, some stupid monster or, you know, uh, uh, even the opening episode, I know I saw some people complaining about the blue guild guy that was just really obnoxious, right? Yeah, it's great. Are like, I love it. I'm just like, no, you gotta like that about Star Wars. You gotta like it that it's kooky. You gotta yeah. like that it goes for this, and it actually shows you that not everybody's the Mandalorian in this universe. You know, there's idiots, there's loudmouths, there's you know, different yeah. personalities. I just like that it was reflective of that. For me, one thing that really stood out, and it, it was it was really made, it was cemented in the season finale and that was for once in a really long time star wars isn't taking itself so serious um they were able to joke about things and you know the scene that pops into my head is the stormtroopers like you know talking back and forth and like trying to shoot that target and constantly missing like i was in tears (laughs) laughing like just laughing so good like for once star wars is not taking itself so serious and they're having fun with it. If they're having fun with it, we're going to have fun with it. Um, And for me, at the end of the day, it's the unknown. For once, I just don't know where any of this is going to go. I have no idea. I can't even begin to guess, you know? Um, Having pretty much all new characters is is, is a huge thing. And now that we're going to be seeing some possible characters return, I'm like, okay, let's just, you know, just all this hot gooey character goo all up, all, all up in my face. Like I'll take it. I'll take it. Line it up. One, one way to put it. <laughs> one way to put it. <laughs> but I agree. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I just like, it's just, that's what it is for me. It's the unknown, not knowing exactly what's going to happen. Um, you know, I, not that you can predict the trilogies. To, well, the middle one you can, but you know, it's just all new characters, all new setting, all new elements. It's just really cool to finally see this. And, like, going back to what Mandalorian Season 2 is going to be, that sort of kickoff of many series, hopefully, I'm just super excited to kind of see where they end up going with this. Yeah. You said it. You know, so just on a complete side note, as we were recording our podcast yesterday, I was like just refreshing my news feed and on the top of the news feed was something that kind of made me laugh. And I'm just like, should I bring this up in the podcast? And I opted not to, but I'll bring it up right now. Um, and that's the whole Ewan McGregor putting on the robe and walking through mm. the Mandalorian ah. season two set, um, which, you know, for me, I'm, I'm just like, I just, yes, I cannot wait. Like that is the show that I cannot wait for. Oh, I, I don't even know. 
I don't even know what to say to that. Like, you know, that's the show like we've all been waiting for. We've all been wanting to see this. It's yep. going to be an amazing limited series. Um, I think it'll be a swan song. It'll be like really just, um, just really something special. Uh, I, I really, I, I think we all know it's going to be something special. Yeah. And not even, not even one frame has been shot yet. Exactly. Like yeah, that's, yeah. that's the scary part. That's the awesome part. That's the part that just has me super excited. And, but it's just that story that we've been wanting to know for so many years. Um, and now someone's actually going to do it. So we're going to actually see what happened, you know, those 20 years between trilogies and it's just like, yes, just bring it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 100%. I, I, I'm, I'm going to bet that he watches Luke grow up. <laughs> <laughs> this creepy old man. Some of that. <laughs> creepy yeah. old man, like Family Guy. What you doing? Jeez. I think you know if you do want the Marvel comics d- started off doing uh, giving you a little preview of what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, there's actually trade coming out collecting all of those Kenobi stories. Yeah. So yeah. that might be worth a worth a worth a rewatch, right? Yeah. Um, oh. One thing I'm I super did... excited to see you in, right? Like oh. just even reading that story about. The whole reason why he put the costume on was just because he could be in character. And yeah. he wanted to to do that as a test as an actor. And what better place to be in character than on the set of a Star Wars shoot? Right. 100%. So yeah. he puts on the belt and the boots and the robes and he walks on and he's, you know, he, he <laughs> does the voice, you know, and people are losing <laughs> their crap about it. Rightfully so. But that's what it's going to be like for us fans. Right. When the show oh, comes yeah. on. Yeah. It's gonna be tears, man. How much do you want to bet? Like, like Liam Neeson's on the phone. Hey, Ewan, you need some help? You need a memory? <laughs> I'm free. Forrest <laughs> goes. Think about, uh, think about what what, what Ewan's challenge is, right? So he he took the role of Obi Wan Kenobi in 1999, first time on screen, um, as a young version of Alec Alec Guinness's character. Um, so he had range to invent it himself. Now he's a lot closer to Alec Guinness's actual age yeah. in a new hope. Um, and now he has to reprise, reprise his own role. Um, take Alec Guinness's role forward. Um, but at the same time, be a prequel to Alec at the, as well. Um, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot mm-hmm. to, to really kind of synthesize down into a performance. Um, I think you can do it, but wow, it's, it's a, what a challenge. Yeah. And it's funny because like at this point, Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, like, oh, totally. like that's yeah. who people probably think of first at this point in this timeline, in this strange timeline that we're in. Um, depends, depends, on who, depends the age, right? I think, it, I think it depends on the age. Yeah. You yeah. know what? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, 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 yeah, like I grew up with star Wars, but I was just right after that first trilogy. I'm an 85 kid. So yeah. 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 yeah, it can go either way, right? You know, I think that um, Ewan has the hours, but Alec has uh, the time. Yeah. You know, he he, yeah. he was he was the only Obi Wan Kenobi for, um, you know, how long? Seventeen years? Was yeah. something like that? It was, it was yeah. the image and the voice, right? Like it's Sir Alec Guinness. Like you're just, I don't know. He it was just he was bigger. He was huge for Star Wars just to get him. Yeah, and whatnot. Totally. And, and then I'm really pleased about Ewan taking on this role. In the sense that he's not doing it as a two-hour movie, he's doing mm-hmm. it as this limited miniseries because I think oh, that that bodes really well for his ability to portray how deeply he knows this character, you yeah. know, and, and and get through exactly what you're talking about, Joe. Like, 
to really just convince the audience and and to really convince himself that he can tran- he can make this transition and he'll do log this. More, he'll log more hours in this in this miniseries than he did in the entire prequel trilogy. Yeah, think about that. Yeah. So this might be the definitive role. And that goes back to something that you know Phil and I talk about a lot on the show with Tyler, and that's you know we're in this weird time of consumption where I would rather take in a show like the Mandalorian, like the Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series rather than a, you know, two, three hour movie. Cause I feel like I'm going to get more out of it. I feel like they're going to be able to build a world, build a world, expand on the world, build characters. We're going to actually care about these characters a lot more. Um, if in a show as opposed to a movie. So I would rather watch, you know, a, a episodic show than a movie at this point. Totally. Totally. Clone Wars. Clone Wars, Clone Wars, that last season of Clone Wars. Wow, wow, wow. Joe, what did you think of that last season? Oh, man. What a fantastic ending. I feel like the Clone Wars had like three or four different endings. Yeah. Um, And each one of them was fantastic, but this one really, really close. You know, it it was number one with a bullet. Um, That... The Siege of Mandalore was it's a it's it's a new movie it's a new Star Wars movie and I think it was absolutely fantastic. Um, wow, what like just a just a, a left me breathless at the end that final shot of the uh, the the stormtrooper helmet just cracked and broken and Vader walking away it's it was breathless breathless the entire episode um, that victory and death was just just nonstop unbelievable unbelievable so good. Um, the Bad Batch. The Bad mm-hmm. Batch. I can't wait for the new series. It's going to yeah. be fantastic. It's going to be great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cleanse cleanse the palate from uh, Star Wars Resistance, um, unfortunately. <laughs> that, sh- that show, man. I, I could not get into it. Um, yeah, I think that was great. I think the, um, the, the Ahsoka arc at the beginning, I don't know. I felt a little disjointed. I don't think it really... Yeah really belonged in the final season who just kind of like a, like a palate cleanser almost like, yeah. here, welcome back to the Clone Wars. Um, it, it just seemed like the time jumps and back and forth just mm, seemed a little odd. Um, but yeah. 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 It was like, it was like, welcome back. Here's a, here's an episode. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, those were, those were fine, but the Bad Batch arc and the Siege of Mandalore, Mwah, chef, chef's kiss. Yeah, it really was. 100%. <laughs> Especially this Mandalore. They they showed what really what they could do, and this is our this is our signature finally on the on the Clone Wars. This is the end. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think, uh, that, and I, I love that they did those last four episodes like a movie. Yeah, in the sense that they eat they each had the old green Lucasfilm opening credit. Oh, they and knew. they had the music <laughs> in that first one. It's like, you know, you could make that into a DVD. All four, just put that beginning on. 100%. You know, cue the orchestra, away you go. I wouldn't be surprised if they recut it that way, yeah. eventually. Yeah. At some point, 100%. You know it's, they're going to keep the door. It's a weird spot, though, with streaming stuff, right? Because do they make content anymore? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> do they make these yeah. DVDs anymore? I want them to start doing it, just so I can yeah. put them in the shelf, you know? You know, I think you'll always have your your Criterions and, and your 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 boutique houses that will make this stuff, right? You'll get your Blu-rays, you'll get your 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 media if you want it um yeah. eventually but i do not think that um physical media is going to be like the the wave that most people consume it and i don't think it's going to be a regular release anymore um it really will be kind of boutique things 
much yeah. like the movie theater experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, Joe, before you leave us, tell our audience a little about Brews and Blasters, what to expect, where they can find you. All right. So, Brews and Blasters is the original Star Wars party. We started in 2014, and we're not stopping. The strain don't stop. We, 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 we can't. You know, we'll be back um, with uh, special Blurgs and Blasters episodes for The Mandalorian starting in November and uh, going right through. We can't wait for that. We are found on RetroZap.com. Uh, that is my website and home of the RetroZap Podcast Network, uh, which I run and we have a lot of good time over there. You can find us over on Discord. We have a great Discord community and we're always chatting things up every day. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been a pleasure. One thing, let's not wait Yo. five years. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. You should do this more often. I like I'm, I'm down to clown anytime, guys. You call awesome. me for anything. I'm, I'm, I'll ch- chat about Star Wars. I'll chat about X-Men. I'll chat about, I don't know, what, whatever. Awesome. <laughs> I want to chat about collections, man. Got them, got them, need them. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So there you <laughs> go, talk. Joe from Brews and Blasters. Check it out. Thank you so much, and we'll be right back. <laughs> There you go. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Joe's awesome. Um, man, that man had a very nice organized closet. Oh, big time. Like, I was just like, he, he had the camera off and he goes, I'm just recording from my closet, right? And then he turns his camera on and I'm like, oh, that is like absolutely my closet would look like, yeah, not like that. That's bigger <laughs> than my room. That's bigger than my room. <laughs> I just now I can't stop thinking about every time I listen to their podcast. He's in that walk-in closet. He did say that he got demoted to the closet today. So, yeah, yeah. So, there you but go. It worked really well, and you know what a pleasure to talk to him about. I, I and I feel that we've only scratched the surface. Oh, barely. It's barely. It, it's it's something that I just can't wait to to actually you know, talk about a lot of the stuff that, that, that they talk about on his podcast, because we didn't even really touch the, uh, the collections and things like that, which I think are absolutely fascinating. So it, it's, you know, something that I'm big into. I, I, I don't know if those guys are big into Funko Pops. I don't know that those guys are big into Lego, but I kind of find it funny that that's where I went with my collection and they went, you know, the black series vintage, like it, it's interesting to see again, within this universe of Star Wars, how many different ways you can express yourself as a collector. Yeah. Even, you know, just the books, the comics, the TV shows, the movies, everything. We it, all have it, our it's niche. Just, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, we all have our niche. And it just, you know, Star Wars is something that's so important to so many of us. Um, and it's just fun to be able to actually chat with someone and a group of people, whomever we're chatting to, whether it be Joe, yourself, Tyler, Fearless Fred, doesn't matter you know just being able to chat freely um about something that just is so meaningful and powerful in our lives it's always really good um it's always special this is you know this is the ultimate geek therapy for me being able to chat you know the probably one of the biggest if not the biggest influence of me being an adult doing what i do job wise um so it's always really cool yeah 
it, it, it's the ultimate escape, right? And that's that's what Star Wars represents for me, for a lot of people. Um, it reminds me of simpler times, and it's always been with me. So yeah, um, it's it's fun to talk about that with other fans, and you know. I, I'm just going to say it, you know, like hit us up on, on our social feeds. I'll, I'll let you know where we're at. Um, cause it, basically you can find us at our website, www.itscanapodcast.com, but you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're all over that place at it's can podcast. You can email us at show at it's can You can subscribe via Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google play Podbean, wherever you find podcasts, we're going to be there. And if we're not there, let us know, and we'll make sure we get there. All right? So if you're a first-time listener, I want you to click the subscribe button and treat your ears to basically, you know, what it is that we bring to uh, to our audience members as far as everything geek, you know, and a lot of Star Wars. I know it's coming, but it's going to be fun, everybody. And if you like what you hear so far, you know, reach out to us. Let us know. Click, subscri- click the subscribe. Leave us a review. You know, have some fun. Exactly. Let us know what's going on. Say hi. Let us know what's going on. Tell us what you think. We will even bring you on the show for a segment, and we'll chat with you on whatever you want, because it's the AIDS Cannon Podcast. We talk all things geek. We talk about all things comics, all things toys, all things video games, all things books, all things Lego, anything and everything in between. And Phil, do you know what the best part of it all is? I'm hearing it's all in canon. That's right. It's all in canon. Bruise and Blasters. Check them out. On Twitter, check uh, check out their podcast. You can find it anywhere you hear podcasts. Um, RetroZap is the website. Go check them out. Awesome people. Thank you, Joe, so much. Bill, that's another week. Take care, and we'll chat. That's a wrap. All right, be safe, everybody.